Hello and welcome into another edition of the Maze and Brew podcast here on Maze and Brew. I am team site producer, managing editor, Anthony Broom, who is your host for the day. Uh, some quick housekeeping stuff as we get into what is going to be a Monday mailbag show. Uh, we are bringing the podcast back for five days a week, uh, at least for the next few weeks. We're going to have to wait and see what happens with college football. There are announcements to be made. I think we will get some sort of tentative schedule at some point this week. Um, you know that Michigan's going to be playing the Big Ten-only schedule. It sounds like if they choose to move forward, that could be something that, you know, maybe even by the time you hear this podcast, it's something that's up. But I would imagine it's going to be unveiled via some kind of Big Ten Network TV special. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know the details on that. But I do think we are getting close there. I'm not so sure still if there's going to be college football, but we'll handle that when we get there. So, uh, like I said, Maze Brew podcasts are back. Be sure to uh, leave a review, subscribe, all that good stuff. I'll, I'll push all that stuff at the end of the show. Uh, so Monday through Friday, I'm just going to run you through what our schedule is going to look like here real quick. Monday will be with me. It'll be the mailbag episode. You can tweet those in to me at Anthony Broom, Anthony T. Broom. I'm sorry. Can't even get my own Twitter handle straight. At Maze and Brew on Facebook, on Instagram, wherever. Uh, and it's, you know, open forum time. Whatever's on your mind. If we wind up where we don't have sports for a little bit longer, we'll do some other stuff here. Um, so Monday will be that type of show. Tuesday, me, Luke, and Chris will be back with Brewcast, assuming there are things to talk about. Wednesday will be our recruiting podcast. Thursday will be the guys from Out of the Blue, Jared and Andy. And then Friday, some of you guys may have heard last week's podcast on Friday. I spoke to Matt Brown of Extra Points uh, to talk about some of the business end things of college football during a pandemic. Um, Friday will be our interview segment. So looking forward to that. I'm still working on a guest for this week. It could be Michigan people. It might be friends of mine. could be national people. It's going to vary uh, depending on the content that's available and, and what the week-to-week looks like with everything. So that's the plan there. Um, so I have I have a handful of questions here uh, we will get to. I, I did want to start off the show on a little bit of a somber note today. Um, you know, sad day, sad weekend, really sad week or so uh, in the state of Michigan, namely the Detroit area. Uh, Jamie Samuelson, longtime broadcaster, did some TV stuff at Fox 2, 1130 WDFN, 97 won the ticket, uh, did pass away on Saturday night due to colon cancer. Um, I did not know Jamie personally. I have friends over at 97 won the ticket. Um, you know, I They're hurting today. And rightfully so. I mean, Jamie was a guy who, you know, and I've told this story a few times, you know, my father passed away from colon cancer. And one of my enduring memories of of my dad, especially in my early years, is that he would drive my brother and I to school, uh, drop us off at Latchkey. But in those car rides to school, we would be listening to most of the time sports talk radio. And same would be said for those drives, the drive home from school later on in the day. And that meant WDFN. That meant, you know, Jamie and Greg. That meant Stoney and Wojo. All of those guys, um, which Wojo, Bob, Bob did an amazing, 
amazing tribute uh, to Jamie that was posted in the Detroit News. Um, you know, like I said, I, I don't know a lot of these people personally. Um, you know, I've we see each other in press settings. Everyone's been you know very cordial, very nice. Um, but I know a, a lot of my friends in this industry in this area are hurting uh, today, and I'm I'm hurting for you know you see. A father of, of three kids passes away from colon cancer. I mean, I lost my dad in March to it. So, uh, you know, heart goes out to the Samuelson family, uh, to his friends, to, to anyone affected by this. Uh, it's terrible. Um, you know, and for me personally, you know, I have a little bit of a background in sports radio. Um, I was an intern at Detroit Sports 105.1 worked with you know Matt Derry who is another D- WDFN guy one of uh, you know a good friend of mine a mentor of mine in this industry um, you know I, I know I have ties to some of these people and, and it's for me like I said I didn't know Jamie personally and I don't want to go on too much longer here because I don't want this to sound like it's being made about me but you know I, I think it's kind of a, a sobering reminder that if you have people that you feel, have made an impact on you or that have influenced you that have their work has steered you down a path let them know about it you know i'm i'm in a setting or and when we do these press events and things like that i'm around people that i grew up listening and, and admiring and to be able to you know i think i just want to be a little more conscious about soaking up that knowledge soaking up the you know because like i said they're all tremendous people um i have nothing but respect for almost everyone in the in the michigan media contingent you saw jim harbaugh put out uh i believe he put out a statement on on jamie's passing uh stoney and jamie would interview i think on thursdays uh they'd interview jim harbaugh so a little bit of a michigan tie there but you know i just wanted to start off the show by you know expressing some sadness, um, heartbreak. Because um, I, I didn't, I didn't know the man personally, but the situation and the influence on, you know, if you want to call it an influence on the relationship with my dad, it, it did hit a little bit closer to home than it may have for other people that that don't exactly have a relationship. So, wanted to address that right off the bat. Um, we move forward. Um, best thing you do is. Um, you know, you honor honor someone's legacy by by pushing forward and and showing love and care and empathy for others and, and things like that. So, um, I wish I had something more heartfelt to say, but all I can really express is, you know, tremendous sorrow and and apologies and good vibes to to the Samuelson family and to my friends in the industry who are affected and impacted. Um, I'm feeling for you guys today. So, all right, uh, let's change gears here. Let's get into some questions. Again, it's, these will be probably shorter episodes, but depends on how many questions we get from you guys. Um, I'm going to start off with our friend Hoover Street Rag. Uh, he sent in a question that said, "If Family Feud did a serious question, name a college or name a current college football coach among 100 Americans. What do you think the top five answers would be, and the order if you have it? Jim Harbaugh might be." Might be that guy just because, I mean, Ryan Day isn't a household name yet. I mean, he is in the college football world, but not quite on a national scale, despite the first season he had replacing Urban Meyer. Um, 
You know, Nick Saban would be up there, I'm sure. Maybe less miles. Um, other than that, I mean, I'm talking how the average person, the household names that, I mean, Kirby Smart. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't see a whole lot of. I, I think I do think Jim Harbaugh is number one, and I'll tell you why. One, he's got the NFL background, and two, he's kind of like that most viral. He's certainly the most viral college football coach. Uh, Dabos when he would probably be up there as well. Um, Mike Gundy for maybe not some, not so great reasons. Uh, I do think it's Harbaugh uh, because of the NFL, because he's a personality, and because he's a, let's let's face it, because he's a lightning rod too. But yeah, because he is so polarizing, because he is a personality, because he's a guy that I think people like to hate, because of the expert. I mean, forget forget Jim Harbaugh. I mean, Michigan itself. You can make the argument that they are the most recognizable brand in college sports. You see that block M everywhere. Uh, you see it overseas. You see like the impact that that alumni base has and that the fan, the fan support. Yeah, I, I think that because of who he is mixed with the brand that Michigan is, I kind of think that, yeah, I think he might be the most popular or the most whatever you want to call it. All right, so thanks to Craig for the question there. Uh, that was from Twitter. You can follow him at Hoover Street. Where's my other question here? Uh, this one's from at Koenig Hoops, Jeff Koenig. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. He has, how does recruiting happen now? Zoom, phone calls. I would love an inside story on how this all translates or how this all transpires now and how recruits are making their decisions. Are they basing them for 2021? So everyone knows, like right now, nobody's visiting campuses. No one's going. Uh, you, they, I mean, they can't. We've seen prospects visit unofficially. They've kind of gone and looked at campuses on their own. But there's no contact with coaches or anything on campuses right now. So really all sports, football, basketball, you name it, they've had to get a little bit clever in how they're making these pitches. Now, Michigan is a school, again, because of the brand that they are, they're going to kind of sell themselves. And, and they have... They really do have the technology available to, you know, it's one thing to share your screen on a Zoom call. And you asked, are they doing it over Zoom? Yeah, a lot of these are happening over Zoom and FaceTime. I think FaceTime is kind of where you're getting the more impersonal, um, you know, you're checking in, seeing what's going on. And then Zoom might be where you're making your presentation, where you're doing a virtual campus tour, which is something that we've heard them do. See some of the facilities, do one of those virtual walkthroughs. Uh, that's kind of how these things are going right now. So as far as how guys are making their decisions, ooh, I mean, that's that's difficult, especially, you know, if you're a guy like it, – it's kind of interesting. So let's look at basketball, for example. So both Isaiah Barnes and Will Shetter, who are two of Michigan's, I believe, three commits in the 2021 basketball class so far, those were guys that had breakout junior seasons and then everything came to a standstill. It's like there's no – so they got a little bit of an evaluation period. I'm sure coaches have been watching a lot more film, but, you know, those you can play on the camp circuit and things like that. It's good that they're at Michigan, but sometimes you wonder, does a guy like Barnes, by doing some kind of Nike event or what have you, 
does he wind up being someone that Kansas is more interested in, or Kentucky or Duke? Like it's, it's one of those things where the whole, like this pandemic has blown everything to hell, but especially the recruiting process. And this is what I'm going to tell people. Um, the 2021 and 2022 classes for pretty much all sports are going to be among the worst evaluated classes of all time. You are going to see guys that um, slip through the cracks, could have come to Michigan and be a, been a superstar. They're going to wind up at you know Western Michigan. They're going to wind up at Bowling Green. They're going to wind up at these, these places where, like I said, a lot of, and like it or not, I mean, depending on how you think these rankings should be built um you know the elite 11 the 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 opening those types of camps are really a big deal in terms of getting your name out and getting kind of building contacts with coaches and things like that so the fact that those haven't been there um and that's also where your your rankings get either you know boosted or decreased or what have you so like I said, there are going to be some five quote unquote five star guys that bust hardcore, and then there are going to be there are going to be three star guys or two star guys or God even walk ons that wind up being very important parts of the team. And that's kind of recruiting in a nutshell, but at the same time, um, you know that's it's just going to be very volatile on both ends of the spectrum there. So we'll see what happens. But that's to my knowledge, that's kind of how. The process is going at the moment now in terms of how guys make decisions i guess you kind of just have to fall in love with the school and this is where and i have a basketball question coming up next so this is a nice little segue into that yeah one of the downsides about i mean it's all this year sucked the pandemic has been terrible but one of the downsides of it all is that um you know a guy like juan howard you just you just finished up your first year at the school and you didn't you didn't play a Big Ten tournament, you didn't play a comp or a, an NCAA tournament. Your team was hurt half the year. I don't think we know any more or less about Jawan Howard right now than we did when he was hired last year. Now he's shown, <clears throat> I'll take that back. He's shown himself to be a competent coach. Uh, I think he belongs, but we don't know how good he is. I think he's a good coach. I think he's going to continue to develop. I think he's got. One of the best assistant coaching staffs in college basketball with Phil Martelli, with Saudi Washington, with Howard Isley on the bench. But um, we don't really know what he is or where this program is going. So missing out on guys like Josh Christopher, Isaiah Todd, some of these other five stars that they might kind of whiff on in 2021. You know, there's kind of the unknown is still there, which is really odd for a guy that's going into his second year. I mean, usually you know one way or another what the trajectory is, but March Madness was kind of going to be a big deal for evaluating how what Michigan's future is, and, and we don't know right now. So I think it's still good, but that's how the process looks right now. So this one is from Zach Vanderleest. I hope I said that right, on Facebook. He said, which basketball commit – Mitch, which – I'm sorry – which basketball recruit commits next to the 2021 class? Uh, here's where we stand there right now. I don't know in terms of dates, but uh, the one date we know is Jalen Worley. He's going to announce on August 9th. He's a five-star combo guard. Definitely the top ball-handling guard left in the class for them. He has made his decision already, and it looks like it's it 
there's a good chance it's going to be Florida State, uh, which sucks. That that could that hurts. You're looking for an instant impact guy, but we'll see what happens. I'm not I'm not totally convinced uh, about that yet. I'll, I'll probably know later on in the week when you see what guys like you know Josh Henschke, Sam Webb, some of those other guys on 24/7 do with their crystal balls. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens there. I'm. I'm not as confident there as I was maybe even a week or so ago. Um, and this is the thing. So Michigan could have as many as six or seven spots to fill. And they filled three of them already. And you look at their offer board, and they are they're in on a lot of elite guys. And with this pandemic, I mean, I think you're going to see some guys like Worley push up their decision dates. They just want to get it over with and get it out of the way. And other guys might wait it out and see if they can take a few visits here and there. Uh, you know, this class will run until next April or May, so there's a lot of time to go still. Who's going to be next? I mean, I think that they'll push really hard for a point guard. I think Worley is still in the mix there. We saw them extend an offer to Carter Witt uh, a week or so ago. I think that's notable. I think he's high on their board. Um, Jaden Akins is someone that they'd like to add to this class another in-state guy the buzz has him going to michigan state though so we'll see what happens there doesn't have an offer yet but frankie collins is another uh option at the point guard spot we'll see what happens get that see if he gets that offer and then which i imagine he will at some point they have been plenty there's been plenty of contact there um other than that i don't know who the next guy is going to be I think that you need to the the next two spots you need to fill is you need to fill that point guard spot and you need to find a big man that can play center because after this season Austin Davis will be gone you'll have Hunter Dickinson on the roster and then Brandon Johns is a senior he can play the five but I think he's a little more of a natural four I think you just I think you need another body there and they're in on guys like Charles Bediaco Efton Reed. You know, those types of names. Again, I, I think that those are the two positions that you push for, and then you get those two spots filled, and you've got, I mean, your class will technically be full, but again, if Chandy Brown is available this year, which I expect him to be, if Franz Wagner goes pro after this season, which I, had ex- I would expect him to, you're going to have two more spots, and, and they could fill those spots with grad transfers and things like that, but... I think they'd like to get as many of those filled with uh, with recruits as they can. They'll, I think they'll try to fill the, that point guard spot, fill the, the center spot, and then take a swing at some of the best wing players left on the board. Harrison Ingram, Trevor Keels. Uh, there's, there's a number of guys still out there for them. Maybe they make a push for uh, Chet Holmgren, who's, I believe, the number two player in the class now. Um so, yeah, we'll see what happens there. Thank you, uh, Zach, for the question. So I have one more here. I won't go too much longer tonight. This one was from Instagram. Let me pull it up. My phone locked on me. So this one's from Victor Alvarez. He says, do you think J.J. McCarthy will be our best QB in the Harbaugh era? That's so hard to tell. Um, I won't. The bar to me isn't as low as in terms of the guys that have played at Michigan so far under Harbaugh. Anyone you talk, I mean, John O'Corn is the basement. I don't think it will ever, unless 
the quarterback room, you know, blows up and the top three guys get hurt. I don't think you'll ever deal with a situation like that. Uh, Shea Patterson was okay. Jake Rudock was good at the end. Um, Wilton Spate, when healthy, you know, has an argument of being Harbaugh's best quarterback so far. Um, so it's hard to tell. I don't, like I said, if the bar, I would say at worst, and this is where, you know, J.J. McCarthy, to me, you look at the guys they brought in, and I think their quarterback recruiting has changed quite a bit, you know, with, with Brandon Peters, with Dylan McCaffrey, with Joe Milton, with Cade McNamara. Well, more so Milton, McCaffrey, and Brandon Peters. That saw they Michigan was taking guys that were like, okay, there's some NFL tools here. Uh, they need to develop, but in a couple years, we feel like we have a guy who's a pro passer. Not exactly guys who are ready to come and play early, and guys that were all that polished. I think that Cade McNamara is a pretty polished passer, uh, you know, at least in terms of him coming out of high school. And I think that JJ McCarthy is probably a higher end version of that. I think that he will be ready. Matt, he's going to you know play if they play this this fall. He's going to be at IMG Academy. He's going to develop. He's going to play against better competition down there. He's going to enroll early. I'd imagine at Michigan. This is a guy who I think is the most college. I think he's the most college ready quarterback that they've recruited so far. Does that mean he's going to be a superstar? We'll see. I think at the low end of the spectrum. He probably winds up being about what Shea Patterson was. And on the high, I mean, I do think the sky's the limit for him. I think he is at, he's competitive. He's a good leader. He can make just about every throw. There's some mechanical stuff there, but he seems like he's a quick learner. I do think if you're asking me today what happens with him, and again, this is barring you know, Joe Milton making some kind like a Cam Newton type of leap, but, um, when you look at what's going for him, it'd be pretty disappointing if he wasn't at least a very good quarterback. And I think that all the tools are there. Uh, it's there for him upstairs. He's got a good head on his shoulders. Really excited to see him play. And, you know, this is the thing about the quarterback position. And I'm not going to turn this into a diatribe about their QB recruiting. But, you know, J.J. McCarthy is a guy, to me, he strikes me as a tone setter. He strikes me as a guy that, and I'm not saying these other quarterbacks haven't been leaders, but they're all very even keel guys, um, which is good on the field. You want your quarterback to be someone who has a good head about them, that doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low. But J.J. McCarthy, to me, feels like one of those tone setter type of players and someone that you know is going to be his, his team's biggest defender and their biggest critic behind closed doors. So I'm excited to see what he brings to the table. I think that he is. I mean, the rankings say that he's the best quarterback that Jim Harbaugh's recruited to Michigan so far. Um, yeah, I think that the sky's, the sky's the limit for him. So if you're asking me today, I would say the chances of that are, are pretty good. But we'll see what happens. Um, a Michigan man is not to assume anything with this program. We know we've seen guys come in in the past and, and things haven't worked out. So... I think that's going to be all the questions I take for today. We're, we're just over, I believe, 26 minutes here. Again, I appreciate your time. Uh, we're going to do this every week. So send me your questions. You can email them to me at anthony.broom at sbnation.com. 
Tweet them to me at Anthony T. Brew. My DMs are open. Tweet them to Maze and Brew. Um, you know, slide into the, the messages of the DMs on Instagram and Facebook. Subscribe to our shows. Download, uh, like, leave a review, all that good stuff. Um, wherever you get your shows, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher. We'll be back tomorrow. I'll be on with uh, the Brewcast guys. I'll talk to you guys then. I'll talk to you guys later this week with a guest on the pod. The way that these weeks have been moving, things could look very different by the end of the week in terms of what we're talking about. But, again, I appreciate your time today. Let me know what you thought of the show, what you'd like to see more of, what could be better. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk again soon. Have a good start to your week, everyone.